Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my questioning girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is August 30th, nineteen. 97. It is that. Any other questions for me? Yeah, why is your face like that? Actually, it's August 31st, 1997. Why is my face like what? That. It's actually... Why does my face look like my face? I don't know. Ask my parents. It's not August 31st. Okay. Is it? I think so. I don't think so. What do you think it is? I think that it's August 29th. Because it's Monday, which is August 20th. Or no, it's Tuesday, so it's August 30th. <laughs> we don't know what day it is because we're recording ahead of time. Sorry, You're right. Guys. It is the 30th. Yeah. Let's see. I was right that the date was wrong. Yeah. We're not recording that far ahead of time. but No. Nah. Because, you know, movie just came out. But anyway, uh, news, Carol. Yes. News for yous. There's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Ooh, I don't know. It's starring Matthew McConaughey from, you know, that movie about the stoners. Uh, Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. Dazed and Confused? Yep. And Renee Zellweger. See, I was going to say no. She was in, uh, what's it called? I'm a fucking sports agent. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Yeah. See, I was going to say no. Okay. Because the first one was pretty upsetting. The first one was uh, very disturbing. Yeah. And I don't think that it needed any kind of remake or reboot or whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, but Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, I like them both. Yeah. So maybe it would be worth seeing it. It's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Um, I have, uh, it's rated R for violence and brief nudity. I have some dialogue here. I think this is Matthew McConaughey talking. Number one. (laughs) Okay, Sean Connery. (gasps) Or Jean-Luc Picard. I don't know which one you're doing right now. You're not mad with the chainsaw. (laughs) Is that man with what in the fuck is happening? Is that man with a chainsaw, Frankie? We've got to be beam me up number one. Oh my lord! It's the next generation, right? The right, Texas right. Chainsaw, the next generation. I got it. Uh, you're silly, Mister Forge. Can you see, Jordy? Can you see underneath no. the face mask? When's it coming out? I don't know. I think it's out. Well, if it's out, then we should see it this week. I don't want to. You don't? Because the movie that we're planning on seeing, it doesn't seem very good. No. You're right about that. Shall we dance? Shall we dance? I mean, it's got Richard Gere, and Richard Gere is hot, so it's worth it, kind of. But it seems like a really lame movie. Remember when you said that? When uh, the the second episode we did of this show where we saw Intersection? Uh Uh-huh. You were like Richard Gere, whatever. Uh huh. Fucking stupid ass 
reason to see that movie. Uh huh. You don't remember that how bad that movie was? I do. Well, contribute something more than just oh. <laughs> I am. I'm Own suggesting that we watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation for our next episode. That's what I am saying, Captain. <laughs> it seems <laughs> Leatherface. Wants us out of here. Leatherface aboard the Enterprise. Now, that would be some interesting fan fiction. I would read that. Fan fiction? Yeah. Interesting. My friend Claudette and I used to write some fan fiction together. Fan fiction? What is that? It's when you're a fan of something, and then you write a fiction story (laughs) involving the characters from that thing that you are a fan of. Oh, I got you. Okay. Like a spinoff. Yeah. We wrote some uh, fan fiction about 90210. I used to make up stories in my head. I didn't, never wrote it down, but I used to make up stories in my head about uh, the Hardy Boys. Like I was, uh, I was a member of the Hardy Boys team. Interesting. I was a third boy. <laughs> Did you fall asleep thinking about the- <laughs> just now? <laughs> was my story that boring? No, I'm just I'm imagining, like if I were a little girl. And I'm imagining that I'm like Nancy Drew's other sister or whatever. Sure. You know, I'd be like going through the story in my head. I'd probably fall asleep. Like, that seems like something I would do to fall asleep. I, I don't know if I fell asleep <laughs> when Doesn't I it? did that, though. I, I don't. Yes, it does. <laughs> I Whatever I need to say to, to further the conversation <laughs> so I can move on to something else. Yes, I agree. You see how mean he is to me, guys? It's not nice. Oh, I just yeah, just keeps calling me mean. I got a surprise for you later. Uh-oh. You can keep calling me mean. Okay. See if you get your surprise. God damn it. What? Oh, I'm looking for a specific page of the newspaper. Here we go. Okay, so there's a paperback romance. Wants to have it three ways, Carol. Ooh, that sounds good to me. What do you think that's about? <laughs> it's rated R for nudity, sex, profanity, and tongue surgery. <laughs> Ew! They specifically <laughs> include the phrase tongue surgery. And this is a paperback romance novel? No, it's called Paperback Romance. Oh, it's a movie. Decisions, decisions. Should the beautiful but diff- diff- diffident... Yeah, diffident. Romance writer, pursue a relationship with the handsome stranger. Should the handsome stranger chase after the beautiful writer or stick with his stuffy fiance? Should the cop who's investigating the handsome stranger treat the beautiful writer as just another witness or declare his love for her? Wow. Should a movie try to be a sexy love story or a slapstick comedy? <laughs> naked lust, nust, lust or naked gun? Naked nust? Nust. Naked nust, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Does Like it? fairy dust, but... Fairy nust. Yeah. And what would happen if it suddenly elected to become a detective story? What would happen is paperback romance, an Australian film that simply can't make up its mind and tries to have it three ways. One thing writer-director Ben Lewin got right was casting radiant Gia uh, Caradis... From Strictly Ballroom, a successful romance writer, Sophie, a.k.a. Desiree Jones. What the fuck? 
whose fantasies are vividly erotic, but whose life is primarily spent sitting in the public library, writing her stories and speaking them out loud. Oh, okay. Interesting or not? Yeah. I'm going with not. Someone named Anthony LaPaglia is in it. What? And Rebecca Gibney. I've never heard of these people. Well, they're in it. I think the movie sounds awful. What do you think? Yeah, it's a, it, I was intrigued at first, but I don't want to see tongue surgery. <laughs> right? And I don't want to listen to her uh, stories come to life. But do you want to listen to Reba McIntyre? Maybe. She likes keeping busy. I don't really like country music, but I do kind of like her music. So Reba McIntyre sums it up in a rush. The album, the movie, the tour, and getting the kids back into school. That's about my life right now. So she's uh, she's super busy. She's touring with Brooks plus Dunn. What do you think? I, I know you, you kind of like Reba McIntyre, so mm-hmm. but maybe you'd be interested in the fact that she's so busy. Sure. I mean, everybody who has kids, I guess, around this time of year is busy, right? That's what she's talking about? Sure, yeah. Have you bought her new album? Have you heard her new album? No, I don't buy country al- albums. No? But you like her? I like her. I don't know. What about Dolly Parton? I mean, like, some of her Christmassy songs or whatever, but not, like, her regular songs. No, you don't like Jolene? No. What about 9 to 5? Well, that's a classic. Okay. (laughs) Well, one more. uh, Do you like Jewel? I love Jewel. Well, take a look. See her? I do. Jewel will perform uh, at a sold-out show. At Meadowbrook on September 5th. And guess who's got two tickets to paradise? You? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I bought two tickets. Really? To the Jewel concert. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So she turned into a Muppet for a second. (laughs) Oh my God. So we're going to go see Jewel. Yay. Are you happy? Yes. All right. That's it for the news. Are you happy that we watched this movie that we watched? Yes. Excess baggage. Almost as happy as I am about going to see Jewel. Yeah. Because I got to see Alicia Silverstone. That's pretty happy. But not in person, so not as good. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't perform the movie for us. (laughs) No, it was not live theater. So, Excess Baggage, it's a film. It is that. Go ahead and uh, explain the the movie to us. Okay, so Alicia Silverstone's dad is like a millionaire. Who has an English accent for some reason. Second movie I've seen her in where a member of her family has an English accent and she has none. Do you think she's supposed to or do you think that everybody just associates uh, rich and English accents? I guess. he's, He's vaguely villainous too, so I guess... That also lends to the English accent. He got he got so many hit points on his English accent, uh, whatever. <laughs> he rolled a 20 for accents. There you go. I don't know. Whatever D&D reference you want. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really understand it. it. The other movie was that Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed, she supposedly lived in London in that movie. Right. It had no accent at all, which was ridiculous. At least here she lives in America 
I just don't understand why her father has an English accent. What about her uncle? What he, about what about her? He uncle? didn't have an English accent. <clears throat> Christopher Walken never has any accent but his own. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Walken says her uncle, but it's not. That's not her uncle. So you don't think that he's really her uncle? He's just like a friend of the family. Correct. He's uh-huh. a, he's a he works for her dad in right. his shady mob business dealings. And he's known her all his life, and he's Uncle Ray or whatever, Uncle Rudy, Uncle... I think it was Ray, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But, so the point is that she thinks her dad doesn't care about her. Right. So she wants to prove that he does by pretending to kidnap herself. Yes. So she locks herself in the trunk of her car, and at first she (laughs) restrains herself and then locks herself in the trunk of her car, which... Pretty crazy. That's that's quite a bit of talent, though, to be able to do all that. Yeah. She yeah. also, I mean, she got like a voice scrambler and yeah. stuff like that. To, now, it, this is played very tense. The police are involved and everything. Yeah, there's a million dollars getting dropped off um, on a ship. Yeah, a million dollars is getting dropped off. And, it, like, everything's... It's 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 very it's all very high stakes, but we know right away that she has planned this. Right. Later in the movie, it's revealed that she's done a lot of things, uh-huh. like set fire to a library. No, it was her um, boarding school. I think it was the boarding school library. Oh, okay, but like like that and other things to try to get her father's attention, right? Because he obviously isn't around, and. And as, her dad's or her mom's dead. Yeah, and as this goes on, it bec- like they they're pretty sure she's faking it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they knew or at least heavily suspected she was faking it at the beginning? Yes. Don't you? If so, why involve the cops when he knows that she could be on the hook for for like charges, like felony charges? At one point, Rudy said, like, says as much that she's on, or whatever his name is, I think it's Rudy, that she's going to face charges and stuff like that, and they should throw this other guy under the bus, and nothing ever comes of that. Well, I believe her dad's reasoning, and I thought it was stated at some point, maybe just in speculation by her, but was because uh, the police are going to get his money. Oh, because the police will get the money back. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So he he dropped the million dollars for the, you know, quote-unquote ransomer. Right. Who doesn't exist. Which is stupid because, so he drops that money, the police are waiting to get somebody that's not coming ever. Yeah. (laughs) That would definitely give them pause. Just those dudes on the boat. Right. And then... just get the money for free. And then they just, they open the fucking case full of money... And it just goes flying out because there's a helicopter there. Yeah. What the fuck? Why is everybody stupid? Well, that that could be the title of this movie. <laughs> Why is everyone stupid? Right. Let me tell you my biggest problem with with the movie. Okay. You're making a lot of noise with that chair. I can't help it. The chair is creaky. Yeah, you don't have to move so much. But I do have to move so much. Uh, I like Benicio Del Toro. He's fine. As an actor. I think he makes some interesting choices. I think he's a nice, eclectic actor. You can put him in some interesting roles. 
he's not the lead of a movie. No. He's not the romantic lead of a movie. Especially not this one. This movie would have been so much better with Brad Pitt. Or someone like that. I saw Brad Pitt a lot in... Because I think Brad Pitt could do the the humor, too. Yeah. This is... So... It's... like I don't know if you've ever seen Bringing Up Baby. No. It's like a little bit like that. But this is a well-written script. The script... At least at the beginning. The script's well-written... Alicia Silverstone is is doing everything she can <laughs> to try to carry this this movie. Mm-hmm. If she had a charismatic lead, who no offense, Benicio del Toro, you could understand what he was saying. You can understand, sort of, but he mumbles a lot. He does a lot of mumble. he does mumble. A lot. He, he mumbles constantly. But if you had a, a charismatic lead. In this movie that could handle the comedy. Because some of the stuff as written is very is funny. I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff just just as it was written, even though it was delivered poorly by Benicio del Toro. Some of the funny lines. There's an episode of Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. But Sam leaps into a like a bail bondsman and he's taking this female prisoner in. He's caught her. He's taking her in. Turns out she's not, actually not guilty of the crime or whatever. But they, they're they handcuffed together. And she hates him. And the whole episode, they're like fighting against each other. But there's also this like sexual tension and chemistry and stuff like that. And like they hate each other, but they like each other. And it's this big push and pull, right? That's what this movie should have been. Right. And that's what this movie tries to be at the beginning. But... It doesn't come across with Benicio del Toro's acting style. Yeah. He's he's not suited to this type of role. He's suited to very many interesting and eclectic roles, but this is too mainstream for him. I guess. I mean I I was kind of wondering while watching it, like why is she supposed to like this guy? Yeah, exactly. Um, like, what does he do that's likable? I mean, he he has a couple of cute lines. Like but they the, don't come across super cute because they're not delivered properly. Like, I got a Twinkie in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you do this for me, it's all yours. Right. But it's very, yeah, it's very understated. Um, yeah, it's everything he does is subtle and... And it's it's fine, you know, like, that's good for certain roles, and he's, like I said, I like him as an actor. I think he makes some interesting cho- acting choices. This movie's too broad for him. Maybe. And, like, I don't know, like, there's a, there's a weird tonal shift in the movie, too. The beginning's kind of almost slapsticky in certain ways, and funny, in a, like, a dark kind of way. Yeah. But then, like, the dark humor of, of it kind of, like, just dies off. And it becomes like, a drama, essentially. It's very dramatic towards the middle and end of the movie. And it's a lot about her and her relationship with her father, which is a good as an underpinning for the dramatic tension and some of the motivation and things like that. 
But I, I wish they had kind of kept the comedy up a little bit more. I mean, at one point, Benicio Del Toro goes up to the to her dad, and she's like, yeah, she's really kidnapped now. We, we need the money. And, you, and he's like, you know what? She can fucking go kill herself or whatever, die. You know? Yeah, he like, does not care. And it's like, I'm going to go do my business deal. Fuck her. I don't, I don't give a shit about her anymore. And he's like, I already paid a million dollars for her this week, and that's it. Right. <laughs> and it's like, and the guy's got the money. I mean, it's not like, it's a million dollars and nothing to him. Yeah. So it's not like, oh my gosh, you know, like. How will like, I ever get? Not like, like a normal person would react. When like, you know, it, it was definitely a significant amount of money that he had to do some things to get. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was just like, oh, that's in my couch cushion. Right. Like, that's the kind of shady shit that this dude's up to. Um, so, like, that's super dark and not funny in any way. And he says something like, why do I care more about this girl and I've known her for two days than you do? Right. You know, yeah. And also, like, when he says that line, it's like, I don't feel it. I'm not like... Like, you do? You care about this girl so much? <laughs> yeah. Like, you called her pretty a couple times, and, you know, a male showed her any attention at all. <laughs> Apparently, that's all it takes, because her dad is so absent in her life. Right. But it's, yeah, just, I don't know. It it rang hollow to me, because there's not that chemistry there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think they had okay chemistry. It was fine, but Alicia Silverstone's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah. I I love it, though, when she's like, you don't have to be drunk to kiss me. It's very cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cute, says the 18-year-old to the, like, 35-year-old, or however old he's supposed to be. Yeah, she does say she's 18 at some point, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. Do you really think he's supposed to be that old? He asks her twice, how old are you? Yeah. Well, yeah, because she's drinking. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why he was so concerned about it. <laughs> I don't know how he's, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. But he looks a lot older than her. I don't know. I don't know their age difference in real life. Alicia Silverstone's not 18 in real life. She's, right. She, she's young, but she's not that young. Oh, she's probably like, what, like 23? Yeah, 23, 24, something like that. And he probably is, like, 35 in real life, but I think he's probably supposed to be, like, 25, maybe. Yeah, okay. 18 and 25? Eh. It's not that bad. No. It's legal. (laughs) But, I mean, like, you wouldn't see them together in any way beyond the movie. I mean, I wouldn't have... If if you said to me, name two Hollywood stars that you think are going to start dating... They'd be the last on my list. I, I'm not talking about the actors. I'm talking about the characters in the movie. I'm saying, like, after this movie oh, is yeah. over, like, they're not staying together. This is not a relationship that makes sense that you would ever see actually work out. Well, I don't know what the relationship is based on. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the problem. What, like, I have no idea what their relationship is based on. I don't know. I don't know what their... He's a car thief, and she's a... An heiress yeah, to a, a mob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's bored and starved for male attention? I mean, I mean, he's a he's a car thief, and she's like related to the mob, so maybe he could just get to be part of the mob if he didn't piss her dad off. But he pissed her dad off, so yeah. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know anything about their personalities. I don't know their likes and dislikes. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like You're not ready to fill out a matchmaker profile for them? Right. I don't know that they can. Yeah, we'll do video video <laughs> matchmaker form. I don't, I don't know enough about them to know if their relationship's going to last or not. And I don't think they know enough about each other to know that either. And I don't, I get why she likes him. Because she would like any guy that shows her positive, any kind of positive attention. Yeah. That's not anything to build a relationship on, but that's her psychology because her dad is such a prick. I I get why he likes her too. She's hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what more do most dudes need? Sure. I guess that's enough. (laughs) But is that a thing that to make a relationship last? No. Just a woman being hot. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to. But what if they both find out they really like Canasta? Okay. Like, or if he, they both really like the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> well, like he wants to go to Brazil and open karaoke bars. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot And he that. invited her to go with him. Yep. Do you think they're going to Brazil? Oh, she's not. <laughs> There's no way in hell she's going to Brazil. She doesn't know what it's like to not like. She might go to Brazil. She'd last two weeks. She doesn't know what it's like to not live with a ton of fucking money. Right. And Uncle Rudy to pull you out of trouble anytime you get into trouble and maids and butlers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what it's like to live without that shit. There's no way she's going to go live in a fucking shack in Brazil. Wait for him to make the money. She doesn't even know Portuguese. <laughs> well, neither does he, probably. No, nah, he knows Portuguese. Who knows? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's going to mumble anything he says anyway. All the Brazilians would be like, man, he's probably speaking Portuguese. I don't know. So we went <laughs> all the way into their relationship and everything. We never really talked about what the fuck happened. He stole her car while she was in the trunk. Her green Beamer. And then he takes her back to this warehouse full of stolen cars. Yep. And when he discovers that she's in the trunk. An impressive amount of stolen cars. Yeah. But because she, she's banging on the trunk and he discovers she's in there. Yeah. Instead of letting her out, he just shuts the fucking lid on her and leaves. Like, I don't know what what to do about this. I'm going to leave. Yeah. He just waits to make a phone call at a diner. <laughs> Does he not have a phone? That's weird. I think he's supposed to be living off the grid. That's weird. So, yeah, she fi- figures out how to get out. I don't remember how. Uh, She just says that she popped pop the trunk open. It doesn't, it never really explains it. The trunk, trunk just pops open. Hmm. So I movie like, magic. Yeah, exactly. I like that the guy, maybe there's a button inside, I don't know, it's her car, she would know. But I like that the guy lives in a fucking, like, Dr. Claw lair. <laughs> like, the whole front of the building folds down and then folds back up for him to drive in and out. It does, you saw it. It was like a false door, it came, like the thing, The like the front came down and then and he drove in, and then it like came up. He pressed a button, like it was a garage door. I almost. did not notice that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's weird. But she's basically saying, "Just take my car and let me go." Uh huh. And he doesn't do that. He decides, "No, I must, you know, keep you now because you saw my face and I stole your car." Like, what yeah, an he, idiot! He consults with Harry Connick Jr., who's like, "I don't fucking know." Right. Like, what is his role in this movie, by the way? Well, he's supposed to be his business partner. I guess he owns a car dealership. Did he help him steal cars from 
people that sold cars there. I don't He's know. got like a Mission Impossible fucking style gadget at the beginning of the movie. He takes it out and it's like he puts it in the thing. It opens the door. It, it disables the alarm. It starts the car. It's just like rod thing. He's got a whole briefcase of just different tools and stuff. If he had like a copy of the key because that dude sold the car and mm-hmm. made a copy of the key and gave it to him. And the alarm thing or whatever, you know, to turn it off, then th- then I would understand. Oh, Harry Connick Jr. That's what he's doing for him. Right. They're working on this together. He just tracks down the car. You know, they they fucking steal him, and then Bing Bang Boom, they got all these cars that they want. Right. But that's not what happened. No. So I don't understand. Well, it seems like there was probably about. 45 minutes of this movie that was filmed that they just cut out. <laughs> Maybe. Because, yeah, like, they both owe, like, 200 grand to some dude, right? Yeah, they're supposed to be selling the... They, the dude paid them 200 grand for, I think, one of the cars. Or maybe several of the cars or all of the cars. And then she uh, burns down the car warehouse place because An she... Accident is trying to have a cigarette, and he makes her get rid of it, and so she tosses it out the window, and it lands in the trash can and sets the whole place on yeah. fire after it, they leave. It lands in a bin of oily rags <laughs> that's just laying around. Like it's a fucking fire safety video. Right. But, like, just let the girl have a smoke. She's having a day. Like, he kept not letting her smoke, and it was Mahimi mad. Yeah, you just kidnapped her, and, you know, unbeknownst to you, it was, it was fake, but... Like, it seemed like she had just been kidnapped and stuffed into a trunk. Yeah. Only to re- get re-kidnapped by you, and you're not letting her go. And you're not letting her have a cigarette. Like, give her something. <laughs> he her wanted, he yeah. wanted to give her something. He gives her something eventually. Yeah. But this movie is obviously very PG-13. That's true. He does get to fuck that teenager. Yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's only heavily implied. Yeah. They share a hotel room together. Yeah. At some fucking ski lodge. Where does this take place? New York? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's a ski lodge where they go. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, they're not in like Chicago because one, there's no access to a harbor that's going to like take you out to the ocean because he gets on a yacht Mm -hmm. to like leave for Europe or whatever. Uh, and there's no skiing, really. It's a very flat state. Hmm. It's definitely know. not L.A. I'm, I'm trying to understand now that you bring it up, why were they even at a ski lodge in the first place? That was why they were meeting Harry Connick Jr. But why? To return the money to him. I, I'm just wondering why they're hanging out at a fucking ski lodge, that's all. Oh. I just told you. I understand the business. Because it's halfway happening. between his cabin and his place in the city. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> that part of the movie is ironclad, Carol. <laughs> but then the dudes that they owe the money to come and kidnap both of them from the ski lodge. How they know they're at the ski lodge? I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Like, it starts off pretty strong, but it kind of starts to fall apart towards the end. Agreed. It has a third act problem. Yeah. And then Christopher Walken's just wandering around the movie. Trying to shoot people. Yeah, er- erasing punctuation from his 
fucking script and just... <laughs> I'll put the pauses where I want them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, I did enjoy the movie. I know I've said a lot of negative things about it. But overall, I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. I thought Alicia Silverstone was very good. Benicio Del Toro is doing his thing, which is interesting, eclectic, kind of understated acting. It just doesn't work for this movie. Christopher Walken is Christopher Walken. Which, it seems almost weird that he's in the movie. Like, he doesn't fit. Well, when you want a mob tie, you just put Christopher Walken into it. Okay. I think that's I think that's what it is basically. I think my problem is that I never anticipated Christopher Walken and Alicia Silverstone to be on screen together. It just seems weird, doesn't it? Seem weird. Yeah, I thought they were fine together. But before they, you know, fall in lust or whatever, um, and he's still looking at her as a plot problem to get rid of. Right. He drives her out into the woods and tries to leave her, like she's a dog. Right. And I'm saying this part could have been better too, like. Funnier and then more endearing when he gives in and, and, and you know, like takes her back into the car and everything like that if it had been a different actor. Yeah. But he doesn't give in for any kind of good reason. He does leave her in the woods and then he realizes that he needs her. Why? I don't remember. I, I, I thought I thought he just agreed. No, he happens upon her walking down the highway. Well, no, okay, so he takes her to the highway and lets her out. He doesn't leave her in the woods because she's right. like, please only be in the woods. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back to her on the highway purposely, purposefully. I don't remember why. <sighs> oh, I guess we shouldn't have waited so long to record. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, that's the whole weird. Oh, because he wants her to call and tell them that he didn't kidnap her. He wants her to clear his name because right now he's suspected of kidnapping her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, she oh, he blew sees, up his shop and everything. The, yeah, the thing burned down. That's why. Yeah. So, somehow that ties her to him. I don't really remember. Yeah, I don't know. It's all just... Because the know, car was there. They whatever. found her car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And so instead she gets on the phone and she says, Daddy, he made me touch his penis. <laughs> Which is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. But like I said, she's very good in the movie. And then later he's like, I did not do the thing she told you that I did. Right. <laughs> I love it. Well, like I said, I mean, I think for the most part the acting's good in the movie. I think that, I think the script's well written, with the exception of the fact that, you know, the th- I th- think the third act could have used a punch up. It just gets almost like the beginning you said is kind of slapsticky. So is the end. I thought I thought the movie was going to be funnier than it was. Yeah. Even like darkly funny like Fargo, I would have been cool with. But it's I don't know, it doesn't really ride the line well enough. Yeah, I mean it's not super funny. It's it's decently like entertaining though and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was worth the time for sure. I do agree though. I'd like to see it again with Brad Pitt instead. <laughs> I mean, there are there are several actors that I think could probably do the job that needs to be done, um, or at least a you know a few. Um, but Brad Pitt was who I kept envisioning. I can see it. Yeah. Well, that is the episode for the week, Carol. 
<laughs> bang, bang, back at you. <laughs> All right, go ahead and um, write us at latefee1994awl.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And tell your friends. All right, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.